Washington Pike or shop online at MemphisMitsubishi.com. If you want it, we got it at Gossip Motor Cars. All 500 military rebate, G4, PHF 03721, MSRP 18745, Eclipse PC 037627, MSRP 31735, Outlander PZ 12158, MSRP 34555, includes all rebates and incentives, 695 PF, excludes tax and license, dealer for complete details, offer valid through 430 with approved credit, dealer stock only. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy. Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clearer skin at four months. And SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRIZZY to learn more. Uh, Yes, we do have availability. Those dates for how many guests? Andrea's Boutique Hotel is the destination to tie the knot. Oh, you want the whole property. She needs an assistant to catch the bookings bouquets. 249 guests, huh? Oh, and three dogs. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Giannato and Jeffrey show. We're coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929 ESPN. Mark Giannato is going to join us in just a moment from his hotel room as he prepares to leave Los Angeles, California, make his way back to Memphis. It's Tuesday, so that means it's Tell the Truth Tuesday. We'll start, of course, with the Memphis Grizzlies and Game 4, as well as the rest of the series Moving forward, Tim Murray's going to join us here in about 40 minutes or so. We'll get his thoughts on the series, more from the NFL draft. We'll get into the list. We'll tell your story during hour number two, and then we will get out of here. But now let's welcome to the program the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee, a top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Yeah, I don't know if it's a great day. Certainly not if you're a Grizzlies fan, unfortunately. That, uh, unfortunately, very appropriately titled Tell the Truth Tuesday because that felt like a Tell the Truth Game 4 for the Grizzlies uh, in Los Angeles last night. Yeah, um, I don't know. Where, where to begin? Because I think there's a lot of meat on the bone. We can go the game itself. We can go big picture. I'd say this. What's the spiciest truth that you have to tell? Um, well, I guess probably my spiciest truth is um, the leader of this team, the guy who says he's the leader of this team, John Morant, um, you know, showed us last night, like he's been showing us for the last, for months now, really, that he's not really ready to be the leader of this team. Um, you know, emotionally, um, strategically, whatever. And it's symptomatic of, uh, you know, the entire team not being, you know, quite ready to be what it says it is or what it says it wants to be. That was kind of the crux of my column over at commercialpill.com. I mean, the, Here's the truth. John Morant just a day ago literally said, I am the leader of this team. That's what he said on Sunday after practice. And went one of eight from the field in the fourth quarter in overtime and then bolted the locker room and let the rest of the team answer for him. 
Um, that's not, you know, that it was all, it all kind of, to me, coalesced into a very neat and tidy picture of just a young team that is being humbled right now in the playoffs and um, a young team that has a lot of, has a lot, a lot to do again to become what they say they want to become. Yeah. I have a little, I I have a little, this is a really close game. And the reality is, you know, the details really mattered in the end. And this team, you know, whether you talk about emotionally or like strategically on the court, they're not there yet to, to execute how you need to execute when you get to the playoffs. Yeah, I have a I have a little different opinion, but I think we're kind of in the same we're kind of coming at it from the same direction. Mm-hmm. My tell the truth is the Grizzlies have done it to themselves. And mm. to me it it's several things. First, mm-hmm. the same things that have plagued this team all season mm-hmm. yet again plagued themselves last night. If you want to start from the basketball perspective, mm-hmm. Mark, this team had 42 three-point attempts last night. How about this? Yeah. According to the NBA stat database, 27 were wide open with no defender within six feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's as open of a look as you can get. It, it speaks to what to, you know what they said afterwards. Got good looks. Got good looks. They made five. Wow. Even if you go with their season average, which is not great, to be clear. They're only 37% on the year, but they should have made at least 10 of those. Mm. We're, we're talking about, you know, the difference in the game there. Yeah. Yet again, this team has had an Achilles heel all year. They've not been great in the fourth quarter. It's mm-hmm. the only quarter that they do not have a plus point differential on the year. They've outscored mm-hmm. opponents in every other quarter with the exception of one. Yet mm-hmm. again, they find themselves in a clutch situation with a three-possession lead, and the game goes to overtime. Further, this team has not won a game on the road as an underdog all year, the first team since 1990 to do so. And yet again, they can't figure out a way to get it done on, you know, on, the, on an opponent's floor. Mm-hmm. But then to me, there's a, also a bigger picture issue, and I don't know how much fans do or do not care about this, mm-hmm. it's, but it's something that is striking to me. I think the Grizzlies organization doesn't do their players any favors, and this is what I mean by that. Whether or not their strategy is, well, we know we're not the most desirable of destinations, so we want to make it extremely player-friendly. Okay, I don't I don't really have a problem with that. I think they do a massive disservice in the way that they in the way that they keep everything like a state secret because what I think happens is it creates a it creates this weird us against them reality with media, with critics, with any with anything. And more importantly what I think it does is It, it distorts the view of what all is part of the job. And we all have things in our jobs we don't like. You and I have awesome jobs. There's still plenty of things, though, that make it a job and that are not mm-hmm. fun. And part of this job is going and talking after the game, win, lose, or draw. Like, I give LeBron credit. He talks. Like, even Draymond, he gets kicked out of a game, he still goes up to the podium. Now, is that to, is that to like, spin his story? Sure, I, I don't care, but, like, he still goes and, and faces yeah. the music. And the other big thing that I think that this does, I actually think it, the organization prevents, they prevent the, the general public, fans, however you want to define it, from, like, getting to know these guys. And you can make an argument like that takes money out of their pockets. Like in the end, like advertisers want to yeah. like see personality and see people. And instead it just creates kind of this like state media and 
this this whole perspective of everything is just like you know color coded and not authentic at all. And to me, like that that was kind of what stood out last night was just a complete a, a situation in which everything that went wrong from on off court, like they they did it to themselves. Yeah, I you know I don't know if I. I necessarily I mean I I see where I know what you're saying as someone who covers this team regularly um I'm not saying they're wrong I just don't know if you know when I look at last night you know ultimately there are a lot of things that went wrong but ultimately they were up you know they were 6.7 seconds away from getting you know one of the best wins this group has ever got maybe the best win this group would have ever gotten I mean you can say this Mark it, you would have accomplished something that has not been done in the franchise's history. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't know if I go that, like ultimately I, I think what, what's striking to me is, is what you were pointing at is what you were pointing out at the beginning is that, you know, ultimately we've been watching this unfold. What happened last night, we've been watching, we've been building towards this for months um, because of, you know, you, you, yes, they won 50 some odd games or whatever this year. But I think we can all agree, it feels like basically from, like, that Christmas trip on, this group never looked right. Um, And I know I'm talking in the past tense, and I should point out, like, readiness, you know, I'm talking about how they look ready. Readiness is not necessarily, like, that doesn't preclude being resilient. I do think these players are resilient. They were resilient last night, Um, falling behind by 15 in the first half and clawing their way back into the game before halftime, take a 97-90 lead with under six minutes to go. Um, you know, like, they are resilient. And to that point, like, I, you know, I fully expect they're going to come out in game five. I would predict them to win game five today. I just wouldn't predict them to win the series after losing last night. Um, and so it, it, it's – I don't know if I want to go too far – in the sense that they are, though they're not ready, again, they were 6.7 seconds away from scoring a huge win. Um, but those 6.7, those 6.7 seconds, you know, in those 6.7 seconds, you saw why they're not ready. You know, like they, you know, ultimately, you know, they, they missed the scouting report on LeBron and let him go right. The help doesn't come. Um, and then, you know, ultimately they lose the game in overtime as LeBron and AD get every field goal for the Lakers in overtime. Um, they were ready. Um, and so it's just, a, you know, it's a hard truth to swallow, but this is what the playoffs expose. Um, and what it's exposed about the Grizzlies is, you don't just magic the problems you have in the regular season just don't magically go away in the playoffs. Like they don't, you you have to address them before the playoffs. Um, and the Grizzlies were not able to, and they're cropping up right now. You, you just don't, you just don't hide that stuff all of a sudden in the playoffs. I just don't think it works like that. No, Even if, Lakers, if anything, it always gets exposed. Like yeah. it just, especially when you get into these series where even if maybe you can hide it for a little bit, inevitably, if you, you know, there's enough basketball to be played that it's going to creep up again. And then, you know, in relation to like the, the media aspect that you're bringing up, I mean, you know, do I wish the Grizzlies were, you know, a little more open with their media access? Sure. I do. But, um, I don't that last night, for instance, and you know, there's going to be there's a, I already can tell on on social media that I could tell last night. There's a lot of fans who go, they don't need to talk to you. Like, what do they owe you? You know, it's a tough loss, the painful loss. Why should they have to talk? You know, whatever. And I, and I, I get that. And I would just say this for me. I had you know, like honestly, like I would have loved to have heard like from John Morant. To me, though, it has nothing to do with me. As much as it's like to me, and I put this in my column, John Morant could have gone up there and just said, Hey, I'm only here so I don't get fined. Like he could have done the Marshawn Lynch and like not actually answered any questions, but just done that. 
And you know what would have happened? That would have become a story. And the point I'm making with that is you would have been writing about Ja. And instead, you would have been writing about, um, you would have been writing about what Ja said and what Ja did. And the point I would make is that as a leader, that's what John Morant called himself, your job is to take the heat off your teammates in those situations. And even going up there and saying nothing, you're taking the heat off your teammates. Instead, you get the, by, by skipping media like he did, which, by the way, he's mandated to do by the NBA after games, um, he basically made himself a story by skipping the media, and he forced all the rest of his teammates to answer, like take the heat for him. And, oh, by the way, he was one of eight in for the fourth quarter in overtime, continuing a trend from the entire season where he has, like, the Grizzlies have not been good in the fourth quarter. Ja has not been good in the fourth quarter. And it's just, you know, the whole – and, like, if this is the leader, and I think he is the leader. Like, ultimately, he's the best player on the team. Like, they are going to have to move past this at some point. I don't think it's going to be this season. But they are going to have to move past this from a maturity standpoint – for them to get to where they want to go, for them to be who they say they are. Um, you know, the Dylan thing, Dylan skipping media again, like that's also a bad look for him because, as we mentioned yesterday, you need to just lean into the villain. Like, if you're going to go full villain, if you will, like he has, and, you know, you can't just then blame it on the media when you've been called the villain for, like, your entire career, dating back to Oregon, not, the, not just the NBA. But at least with Dylan, it's just like, you know what, like, honestly, like he said, nah, I'm out. And, like, you know, probably, and, you know, whether it's, you know, I mean, maybe the Grizzlies have it in them to erase this 3-1 deficit. But, you know, he's probably out anyways. Like, I, I just look at that as not another regrettable decision by Dylan Brooks in a series that has been full of reg- regrettable decisions. But, ja, you know, Ja is a little different. And, again, I don't want to necessarily harp on the not speaking to the media too much because, again, I, don't, I didn't care what he had to say. I just viewed it as, you know what, when you're the captain of the team, you go up and you, you, you speak, you know, you take the heat, you take the bullets for your teammates. That, that's how it works. That's, you know, that's why you're the leader um, in some ways. Um, and for him not to realize that that was part of his job is just another sign of where they have to grow as a team. And, you know, again, I, you know, I, I think they are a resilient group. They're just not ready, it feels like. And, you know, maybe I think they're going to win game five, but, you know, this feels like, you know, the Golden State series, you know, all over again in some ways where, um, you know, you're, you're, it's not necessarily like they're more less talented than the Lakers as much as it's just they're less um, – they've got less poise. Um, like that game down the stretch was all about poise. LeBron had great poise down the stretch. Um, made some great plays. Um, and so, and, and here's the truth on Tell the Truth Tuesday. LeBron James has never lost a playoff series when he's up 3-1. Never. So you're going to have to now do something to advance. you got to win three in a row against LeBron to close out a series, which has literally never been done before. No, and I mean, you add that now to the list of other things that have never been done before. I mean, even if you do win game five, you're going to go back. You're going to go back to LA as an underdog. You still haven't won mm-hmm. as an underdog on the road all year. Mm-hmm. You're probably. I assume that's going to be another four quarter game, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't expect the, the Grizzlies to go out with a whimper, you know, so to speak. And hey, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's going to involve. It's going to involve playing um, with a composure. Uh, that they have not shown yet, really, in the in these playoffs. Um, and you know, last night there were some incur. You know, like last night was like not like a disaster. It wasn't. It certainly didn't feel like Game Three. They 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 had moments where they played pretty well. I mean, you know, Bain looked came alive, even though his three point shot still, you know, seems off. But he, you know, he had thirty six. Took him twenty nine shots, which isn't efficient by his standards, but still, you know. He, he was their only. He was the only thing going in the fourth quarter. Um, played pretty. Played a pretty good game. Um, you know, Jaron had 14 rebounds. Was really attacking the offensive glass to help them get into the game. That was really. Yeah, that was a good sign. 
Um, and, uh, you know, um, I mean, I guess if you look at the, the, the rest of the roster, I mean, the, the question is just, like, that's part of the problem. They're just not getting enough from all parts of the roster right now. No, and I mean, to me, because uh, I'm, I'm completely with you, there was a moment in the first half, excuse me, in the first half when the it felt like the game was, like, slipping away. And I honestly mm-hmm. think part of the, the Taylor Jenkins football coach emotional challenge, like when a play doesn't go your way and you just throw the challenge flag just because you're, you know, you're upset. I felt like yeah. part of that, though, was reflective of it felt like the game was slipping away and he was just trying to do something. He was flailing. Yeah, he was just trying to do anything to like keep the game from slipping away. Well, and I and we should we should point out. I mean, like it was very. I mean, it's crazy that before this game of all games, you know, he was asked Taylor about you know kind of the maturity of his team, and he and he called the team immature basically. For and it was for the first time, really. You know, like it, it was very kind of blunt. Like you know, I, obviously we have a long ways to go in terms of maturity. I think that was sort of how he phrased it. And I just remember going, man. That's crazy that he said that now, right before game game four, um, like that that he would say something that blunt and open, because um, usually we don't hear that from him uh, typically. Um, and then they get out on the court and it played out just you know just along those terms, and and I wouldn't exclude him from this conversation either. Um, you know he's not ready either um, as a coach for the you know he's getting. You know, remember before the series, they, you know, Darvin Hand said, you know, we're going to see who was right in all those meetings with Coach Bud. Um, right now, it looks like Darvin Ham was right. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, he's not, he's not, he's, Darvin Ham is getting the better of Taylor Jenkins, just like the Lakers are getting the better of the Grizzlies. Yeah, and I'm not dismissing that because. In in the end, I. I'm not he, saying he should be fired. No, or no, anything. no, no, no. Like, I, I'm I know, just saying but like, my know, deal is. How much of that is Taylor versus Darvin Ham had D'Angelo Russell hit a couple of big threes when it felt like the Grizzlies were taking control of the game versus, you know, it to me, like, the bigger issue is the Grizzlies, another, like, another problem that I think has reared its head. We saw it in game one to a certain extent, and we definitely saw it last night. When this team smells blood in the water, they don't seem to have a killer instinct. Like, there were multiple times they could have taken control of the game, and they just come up with an empty possession. And well, Sorry, go ahead. I, th- I think it's a reflection. You know you know why it's different than last year? It's because Ja's been different than last year. Yeah. Like you get, you well, know, and like Dez has been different than last year. Yeah, Dez too. You know, like, ultimately, he's not been as efficient. But, like, I, I more look at it like last year they were great in the fourth quarter and closing out these games and showing that killer instinct, if you will. Because if you go look at the numbers, Ja was one of the best fourth-quarter players in the NBA. And I do think some of it is a function of teams have adjusted to him. And Taylor Jenkins hasn't done a good enough job, you know, as he put it at the end, towards the end of the season, diversifying what they do. Sure. Like ultimately, you know, there was a stretch there, you know, when Ja was out with suspension where, you know, Jaren was, you know, and Dez were becoming bigger focal points But that has in the fourth quarter. But that doesn't seem like it's really – transferred over to this series, this playoff series. And so the truth is, like, you know, you, you saw it down the stretch of that game. Like, ultimately, when push came to shove at the end of regulation, um, most of those possessions were going through John Moran. And, like, frankly, like, maybe they should. Like, they, they probably should. Like, he is your, your – that's why you're paying him the max contract is because he's supposed to be that guy. Um, and he hasn't been. And he wasn't last night. Um, and I'm not trying, maybe it's coming off and I'm blaming Ja a lot, but you know, I, I just find, I, I just, you know, I think it all stem, it all starts up there and, and filters down to everyone else. Like he sets the tone for the whole organization and, you know, you know, I think we're, you know, I mean, I think we're going to look back on this as, you know, in the long run, this whole ordeal, if you will, since March 3rd or whatever, March 4th, when he dangled that gun on Instagram. Like, I do think in the long run, it's going to be for the better. You know, like this is going to be an experience that is going to teach them. It's going to teach Taylor Jenkins, going to teach Zach Kleiman, that front office a lot about what they need, what they have to become to be who they say they are. Um, 
And so, um, you know, I don't think it's like, like this is like, this is like an experience that's going to be painful and has been painful, but I think it's given where they were probably necessary to go through it in the long run. Um, but it doesn't make it any easier to stomach right now. No. And that kind of like leads me to another, tell the truth. I think the Grizzlies have just taken all the bait from the Lakers. Like Mm. last night, I understand getting frustrated with the whistle. Mm -hmm. But to me, like two plays that were very reflective of how it went last night, Jaws driving to the lane, LeBron calmly steps in front. Mm -hmm. And no matter how funny it is to have like a 175-pound guy run over Mm a 275-pound guy, like LeBron just calmly takes the charge and says, thank you very much. I knew you were going to do that. Yeah. Like at no, at no point last night did I feel like they made adjustments. It was like they just kept, they just kept trying to force it because they were just taking the bait. And I feel like that's been reflected in this entire series. Yeah. And, you know, obviously that was a, you know, that's a, that was a big moment for LeBron. I mean, I'm not saying it's the great near, near the top of the greatest moments of his career, but the symbolism of him, you know, it was like it was fascinating to me. The symbolism of you have this great play by the Grizzlies, where literally all three of the foundational pieces that you're building around, Ja, Jaron, and Dez, contribute, touch the ball and contribute to the play. Jaron yep. blocks Rui Hachimura, Bain collects it, throws it up to a streaking John Morant, who then makes a like I would say sublime behind the back pass. Uh, rather than force a shot where he might have gotten fouled or blocked to Bain for the layup, you're up two with 6.7 seconds left, and you're sitting there going, "Man, they're you know they're going to win this game. You know they're going to you know, they're going to they're going to come in in a game where they shot so horribly in the first half, like nearly shot themselves out of the game. It felt like, um, and they're going to be the team. The you know the Lakers are going to be the team that left the door open and couldn't you know couldn't put their foot down and go win the game. And the Grizzlies are going to be the team that, you know, sneaks in there on the road and wins one. Maybe they shouldn't have, you know, and, and then you have this other greater symbolism of LeBron James really with sheer will taking advantage of a Grizzlies miscue in terms of, you know, you you can't let him go right. You can't let him go right, and he just did it. He just forced his way into the in, into the paint and forced his way to a win, basically. Um, and then, you know, equally symbolic in overtime, kind of the bucket that clinched it, him driving left and scoring an and one over Dylan Brooks, who people forget. I saw this pop up on Twitter, and I thought about it in the moment. You know, in addition to the stuff, Dylan said before the series, if you go back to like January, I believe the the Shannon Sharp game in the regular season, you know, when Dylan was, you know, lost amidst like him calling, uh, what did he call Shannon Sharp, like a blogger or something? Regular, um, I think it was regular, pedest- regular pedestrian, right? Yeah, yeah, the regular pedestrian comment. He also said, he was talking about like guarding LeBron and said he doesn't want to go left. He doesn't want to go left. You know, he was, like, talking as if he had, like, cracked the code on LeBron. And, you know, I thought it was very symbolic that LeBron, uh, to clinch game four, uh, went right to his left and scored over Dylan. Um, and uh, so now here they are facing the 3-1 deficit. And I don't know. I mean, you know, Desmond Bain, I mean, I don't know if – I don't know if I'd call it a guarantee, but it, it was like close to a guarantee by, by Desmond Bain, basically saying like, we're going to get to a game seven. Um, like he, he sounded like, you know, he, he said like, you know, when, when he was talking about game six as when we come back here for game six. Um, and you know, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not saying it was like bulletin board material. Um, like they, they still, you know, I don't think they are at least publicly. They don't, they're claiming not to be deterred and uh, you know, maybe, I mean, uh, yeah, we're kind of leaving them. We're, we're kind of leaving them for dead here. I don't know. I, I'd be curious. No, I'm, I mean, not, that, I'm not in Memphis. 
how many people in Memphis are giving them a chance to pull this off? I don't know. It's one of those weird things where it was such a devastating loss that Mm -hmm. it feels like the end. Mm -hmm. When in reality, they've got to win three games and two of which are at home. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not over. I think the problem though that I had is while Des may be saying that, mm-hmm. you got two other guys that it felt like that were acting like it's over. Like I'm out. And, and that was kind of a, a Well, no, it's just like I mean, yeah. And I understand I, there's I frustration, I understand all yeah. that. But like to me the most dis, like the biggest disheartening fact of last night you had you got another bad Anthony Davis game. Yeah, that and you was the could other not cap. That's why I, I think that, I think that's another thing that's kind of eating at everyone. Like you realize, okay, he's not dominating this game, and maybe it's possible yeah. that his hip is a is a problem, and, and maybe we'll see that. It doesn't moving. matter what the it doesn't matter what the details are. He, it was that he didn't have a good game. Correct. You got to win every game. He doesn't have a good game. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, listen, like the reality, maybe this is why, like ultimately, like, are, do we really think this team is going, like, I think they can win one game. I think they can go win game five. I think they will go win game, win game five. And then, you know, that will put some pressure on, you know, like right now the pressure is all on the Grizzlies. Uh, it was in game four and it will be in game five, obviously, because it's do or die. If you can win game five, then you you know you put a little more pressure on the Lakers because you know they don't they they certainly don't want to come back to Memphis again for a game seven, um, and so you know but like I just don't know if this group like I think last year's group as weird as it is young, they were younger like I you know I I would give them more of a chance to pull this off. Uh, this group hasn't looked right all year. They've won a lot of regular season games, but like when you re- when push comes to shove, if you really are truthful with yourself, they haven't looked like a they haven't looked like a contender for a long time in terms of you know how they play against the best teams in the league. Like if you really go study it closely, how they've played when the best teams in the league have been full strength particularly on the road, they haven't been successful all year. Um, and so it's tough to believe that they are just going to magically flip a switch now. Um, but then again, you know, like what I think showed last night too, the fact that, it, you know, they, you know, the Lakers had a chance to, to really shut the, you know, shut the door on them early. Like I still don't think, the Lakers are that good. Like I do think in like I think LeBron and Anthony Davis can will them to wins. Um, but both of them are showing whether it's age with LeBron or um, durability Anthony Davis, you know, they are showing their, you know, some of some of the their flaws in this series. Like LeBron until that drive on Tillman to close the game. And this probably speaks to sort of his mindset for the playoffs. Like he couldn't get by anyone dribble driving all game. And he was just settling Uh, for a lot of threes. Yeah. Like he couldn't get by Tillman all game. Um, But he did in that key moment, you know? Um, And even then, you know, like you can tell the difference between 38 year old LeBron and like 30 year old LeBron, 30 year old LeBron, when he gets a step on his defender going to the right, Jaron Jackson ain't even getting close to blocking that shot. 38-year-old LeBron has to, like, loft it real high over him because he can't get to the rim as quickly anymore. No, it Um, felt like last night to me felt like 2019 Tiger Woods at the Masters. Like, he wasn't dominant. I'm not even sure he's the best player that's out there. But he just, like, you hear Tiger talk about, like, the type of shots you have to hit and – Mm-hmm. And just knowing the right moment, picking his spots. Like, LeBron didn't drive all last night, but it's like he had just enough in the tank when it was when it was time to go, he went mm-hmm. pedal to the metal. And he hit the shots he had to hit. And then the other thing that kind of stands out to me, it's like, I don't know, maybe they can flip the script. What this team has not shown to me this year 
and I'm sorry for sounding like football guy, but like I just mm-hmm. stand by this. This team is not tough. And mm-hmm. and one of the plays that really struck me last night. I don't remember how late it was. It was either like it was like the last 2 minutes. Missed shot, loose rebound, and Dylan just doesn't grab the ball. And I'm just sitting there thinking it's like if you're not getting the dirty like hustle plays like what are you doing? Like you're not you're not out there for your short for your shooting. You're not out there for your offense. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I don't know. I was hell, I've just hell down the stretch. They didn't even have him on have him on LeBron. Yeah, I mean, do you here's 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 one. DeMichael Cole, the commercial bill beat writer, was talking to me about this after the game. How do you feel about this? His thought was down the stretch. So so Taylor Jenkins described it as like you know he felt like they needed stops down the stretch. That's how he was playing Dylan. Um, and DeMichael's thought was, even though he hadn't been that successful in the game, why not go to Luke Kennard down the stretch? Because they were just sagging off of Dylan so much on offense. Um, and, you know, ta- again, Taylor's response was kind of, you know, we went, we went, you know, we, we thought we needed stops, you know, and that's why we played Dylan. Um, and, and, oh, by the way, you know, it's not like Luke was setting the world on fire in that game. Um, what do you think about that? I, I was kind of, I kind of agreed with Taylor. I was like, even as bad as Dylan's been, you know, it's not like Luke's been setting the world on fire either. And can Luke Kennard stay in front of Austin Reeves? Cause that's who Dylan was defending. No, to me, I actually think a bigger part of Dylan not being on LeBron was less a, a Dylan LeBron thing. I think it's more of, Taylor made the adjustment to game one when they just got absolutely crushed on the perimeter. And if you've noticed, in the game since, like, even last night, the Lakers didn't light it up from three. They hit, like, was it 10 of 36 or something like that? I think that's been the adjustment. The biggest problem that I see with Kennard right now, it was whether or not it was his fault because of the, the lineup that he's in, when Kennard was on the floor, it, like, immediately went, like, from like two points to like 13. And it felt like at that point it was settled. But the bigger issue that I see with Kennard is, I don't know if it's a, they haven't figured out how to utilize him with Ja or what, but it just feels like whenever he's on the floor with the starters, he just goes and stands in a corner and then they never mm-hmm. give it to him. Or like it, there's, my thing is it's, it's not even about him not getting open. Like there's no effort to get open. It's like just standing there and, they never kick it to him or, you know, I, I don't know. Like it just, it feels like in those situations, he just stands there and takes up space. Well, and to your point, like those stats you gave at the beginning of the segment, really interesting in the sense that like, you know, they kept talking about like, like they're getting pretty good looks. Now maybe it's some of them are looks for players who the Lakers want to be taking those shots. I think there's some of that, you know, like with, there, there is some of that, but there's also like Desmond Bain got a ton of, of wide open threes. I don't, you know yeah, what I mean? Like I, three of two, I mean, even in overtime, he yeah. got, you know, he had an open three that would have been huge. He had um, two yeah, on one finished, possession. He finished, he was, he, he finished three of 12 from three point range and he's struggling to finish at the rim. Now that being said, like Bain was the one guy who like, you know, like it felt like in that third and fourth quarter, Bain, you know, I thought he rose he to the getting, occasion. Yeah. I, I yeah, can live getting to his spot. I can like, live I can with the three. Of, just, yeah. Yeah, he's going through a rough patch three-point shooting-wise. It's ill-timed, obviously. But last night was – well, I would say this. Like, I did question a little bit, you know. I get it going to jaw a little bit down the stretch. I full jaw takeover mode a little bit down the stretch of the fourth quarter when it was Bain who was the one who, like, kind of was had gotten them there. Um, you know, and I, I don't think you – I don't think it was wrong to go to jaw – at first, but you know, I do wonder if maybe we saw more Bane in 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 at the end of regulation or overtime, whether that would have made a difference since he was the one who was really hitting shots for them um, down the stretch. Um, but you know, that, that's symptomatic of you know to bring it back to the the beginning of this segment. You know, they haven't sorted out their fourth quarter stuff all year. Yeah, they weren't going to just sort it out in game four of a 
of a playoff series in a raucous environment on the road against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That's just that's not how it works. All right, buddy. Safe travels. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not the last day of the season tomorrow. Hopefully not. Hopefully you're heading back to L.A. That is Mark Giannato joining us live from his hotel room as he makes his way back to Memphis. When we come back, Tim Murray of VSIN joins the program. Stick around. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Looking for unders on a Tuesday. I'm Joe Ostrowski here to help you beat the books with BetQL. Overs have been leading the way through the first month of the baseball season, but the BetQL model is looking at some unders on today's slate. BetQL has three unders circled as five-star best bets. They project the White Sox and Blue Jays, Tigers and Brewers, and the Astros and Rays all to stay under their listed totals. I'm Joe Ostrowski. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or I studied Spanish in college and never got fluent, but then I tried Babbel. Want the most effective way to learn another language? In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel's bite-sized lessons will have you learning another language in as little as three weeks. Babbel is all conversation-based, so it gets you speaking quickly about things you actually talk about in the real world. You'll really see a difference in how you can speak and how conversational you can be in just a few weeks. Babbel isn't just lessons. You can listen to podcasts, play games, watch videos. You can even take live online classes with a language teacher. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. The lessons online and in the app make it easy to learn from pretty much anywhere. University studies have shown that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a semester of college Spanish. If you want to learn a new language, there's no better way than Babbel. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Babbel.com. It's time to hit the road in your new Kia from Gossip Kia on the Pike. You'll be turning heads and dropping jaws in a 2023 Kia Forte LXS. 41 in PG, now $249 a month. $27.99 do it signing. Or take your pick from all around good looking SUVs in 2023 Saltos LX All Wheel Drive. $29.99 do it signing. Or 2023 Kia Soul LX. $27.99 do it signing. $269 a month, your choice. All 36 monthlies. Plus reliability you can count on. Kia's 10 year, 100000 a mile powertrain limited warranty. Can't find what you're looking for? Let Bobby J order you a new ride today. That's Gossip Kia 1900 Covington Pike or shop 24-7 at KiaCovingtonPike.com. If you want it, we got it at Gossip Motor Cars. All 650 acquisition B, 30,000 miles, 20 cents excess mileage, Forte PE 581348, MSRP 2169, Soto's P745-8378, MSRP P2840, Soul P7205-317, MSRP 22250. Includes all rebates and incentives, must finance through Hyundai, excludes tax title license with approved credit. See dealer for complete details. Offer valid through 430 Dealer stock only warranties, a limited powertrain Baseball is back, and the push for the postseason is on for hockey and hoops. Make it all count this spring with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the best wagering app around with a direct line to experienced bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889. Hey, look, I get it. Buying and selling a home can be stressful, but you don't have to be afraid of the market. You should be concerned about hiring the wrong real estate agent. Seriously, the wrong choice in an agent could cost you thousands of dollars. Jeff Calkins here letting you know that you need to choose the right person the first time. Choose Josh Heisaw with Keller Williams Realty. Josh can sell your home or he'll buy it himself. And if you're not happy with the process, you can fire Josh at no extra cost. 
That means regardless of the ups and downs of real estate, Josh has your back, and that means more money in your pocket every single time. Memphis, it's time to get a real friend in real estate, and Josh Hysaw can be that person you trust. Google Josh Hysaw Real Estate, read all his five-star reviews, then call him at 901-461-8147 or visit joshhysaw.com and get moving. If you need to stay on your home, there's only one thing to do. Call Josh what tastes better than Zaxby's hand-breaded chicken fingers dipped, dunked, and drizzled in our legendary Zax sauce? Free Zaxby's hand-breaded chicken fingers dipped, dunked, and drizzled in our legendary Zax sauce. So if you want to get your fingers on those free fingers, then grab your phone, download the Zaxby's app, and enjoy a free Big Zax snack meal on us. It comes with our famous fingers, Zax sauce, crinkle fries, Texas toast, and wait for it, a drink. Woo, saucy! Zaxby's. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing. Together millions of things for our planet. Switch to eco-friendly cleaning products and spend more time outside to make every day Earth Day. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a million things for our planet. What's your one thing? Oh, 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 O'Reilly! Replace your worn-out wiper blades and see the road better with help from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, save $10 on a pair of Trico Force wiper blades. O Rewards members get four times points and receive a $5 reward with purchase. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades for free. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Brad. I thought you had a date tonight. Hey, Mom. She just left. Using my phone for a Wi-Fi hotspot backfired again. I keep telling you to get Xfinity. What happened? Well, everything was great until the movie started buffering. Then she started asking questions like, why are you using bedsheets for curtains? Why is this hamster cage so dirty? Where is your hamster? Oh, honey, it might be time for real Wi-Fi. Yeah. In the meantime, can I come use the Wi-Fi at your place? Sorry, baby. Date night's still on for one of us. It's time for real home internet. Get fast home internet on the Xfinity 10G network. The future starts now. New customers can get 75 megabit Xfinity internet and one line of unlimited intro for just $50 a month for 12 months. Now through June 21st. Go to Xfinity.com slash 10G to learn more. Requires paperless billing and auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and devices. Actual speeds vary. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity internet service. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of data usage. Data thresholds may vary. If you're hiring, it can feel like you're trying to find a needle in a haystack. You can hope the right person comes along, or you can just use ZipRecruiter. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com radio. In fact, ZipRecruiter has helped a lot of business owners find their needle in a haystack. Like Marco, president of operations at Telly Tires and Auto Centers. Because Telly Tires has grown a lot in the last few years, Marco needed to hire everyone from a receptionist to a store manager to a head mechanic. ZipRecruiter helps me find all the right people, even the most difficult jobs to fill. ZipRecruiter helps me keep my business running. Take it from Marco and millions of other businesses who've used ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter can help you find the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-A-D-I-O. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I used to get frequent heartburn at night, so I made Prilosec OTC part of my morning routine. One pill in the morning, 24 hours, zero heartburn with Prilosec OTC. It's possible while taking Prilosec OTC. Use is directed for 14 days to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity, the Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, a sports official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. Just log into your account or download the app and sign up at BetMGM to get started. Then opt into the one-game parlay insurance promotion to receive up to $25 back in bonus bets if your parlay with four legs or more loses by just one leg. Only at BetMGM. 
the best place to bet on baseball. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New and existing customer offer. Operations are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For Problem Gambling Support, call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. Tim Murray is, of course, the host of VSIN Primetime, airing from 6 to 9 Eastern each and every weeknight. You can also follow him on Twitter, at 1TimMurray. Also, make sure you download all the college football and basketball betting podcasts available right there, wherever you can find <laughs> podcasts. Tim, what was the what was the show that you were saying you're you're ready to sign up for just with the Gin Blossoms? Oh man, I, I'm fired up. So where Circa is located, anyone who's been to Vegas, there's a downtown portion and there's the strip. Mm-hmm. Uh, where my studio is, it's in downtown Las Vegas, kind of the old Las Vegas, and it's called Fremont Street, which is uh it's called the Fremont Street Street Experience, and it I'll tell you, it's an experience. Um, but they bring in concerts every summer and into the fall and they're free um and they a lot of them are kind of older uh type of bands like a couple years ago i saw um uh oh my gosh i'm blanking oh bare naked ladies they put on an incredible show uh free concert so uh gin blossoms and fastball will be playing a night in october the way the way baby uh just gonna leave switchfoot out of there that's not the same night, man. We got uh, Switchfoot was on that one that you linked. Switch Switchfoot's going in July. We got Live coming uh, down there, July twenty, uh, June twenty fourth. Uh, Smash Mouth, Marcy Playground, Toadies, who's a I'm a big fan of, uh, like an early night. But not rock Toad band. the Wet Sprocket. Not Toad the Wet Sprocket. Uh, Dashboard Confessional coming Vindicated. down. Vindicated. So yeah, it's like a it's like a mid thirty year old to early forty year old. Uh, dude lineup but i got my wife pretty geeked up so yeah we'll go down there we'll take in a couple free concerts ain't nothing wrong with that but yeah i'm fired up gin blossoms i've always joked with my wife because the gin blossoms kind of do some more smaller venues you know and uh, i've always wanted to see them and i always felt like they put on a good show and you know here we go free concert coming up in uh in late october watch a little college football then drive downtown and and watch a little uh gin blossoms and fastball when I think Gin Blossoms, so I think you're a little bit older than I am. Uh, I feel like Gin Blossoms was like one of the last bands my dad discovered as like a new band. And so I just think of like driving in his car. Like my dad loved the Gin Blossoms. It's like the end of, I think, my dad finding new music was basically like Gin Blossoms and then Dave Matthews Band's first album. <laughs> yeah, it's always my, yeah, my dad liked, uh, would like get into like random like techno things and who? Well, like, you know, New Miserable Experience was re- was recorded here in Memphis. I did not know that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, there's a couple of things I want to get to. First, let's start with the Grizzlies because you and I have been texting out throughout this series, and I was trying to come up with an example. And obviously, you know, it's it's a little more personal because this is where I'm from. Like I'm sure I, I have I've I've seen the ups and downs. Can you remember, though, a team that this quickly went from darling to it feels like everyone is just enjoying watching them lose? I, I, really, I really can't. Um, maybe, maybe the Warriors a little bit because we loved them, and then I felt like they became the heel once they got Kevin Durant, but that was not as quick of a turn, right? And they don't were, you feel like that was a, a lot of Durant? Like, it was... I felt like most of that got directed towards Durant. I, I know as a DC guy that everyone always feels a certain way about Durant. Uh, I'm just mad at my high school coach for not accepting a game against Kevin Durant because I would have loved to lose by 70 to his no high question. school. But for some reason, my coach, I remember he told me it was my, Kevin Durant is a year younger than me. And I remember I was a senior and his high school in DC doesn't even exist anymore. And uh, One of those? Was it a yeah. Christian Academy? Uh, Montrose Christian. There yes. we go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Montrose Christian. Um, and uh, no one would play them in D.C. None of the big private schools would play them, and they reached out to us because they, you know, they play like a na- national uh, schedule, and they wanted to 
have a couple local games where they, you know, beat up on local competition. And my coach said he turned it down. I'm like, what What are you doing? Why would you do that? I mean, I didn't know he'd become one of the greatest basketball players of all time, but I knew he'd be pretty damn good. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, still to this day. I mean, I played against some of the some pretty big-name guys. Um, I was hoping Michael Beasley would become much better than he did, even though he had an all right career. It was number two overall pick. It feels um, like off the court hurt him more than ability. I mean, I know he's undersized, but it, it feels like it was other issues that, that held him back. Yeah, but um, I digress. Um, it, it is, and I, I don't know if it's, I mean, look, the Dylan Brooks aspect of it has amplified it to another level, and I can't even remember the last time LeBron has been looked at as like a someone people cheer for. Like there's always going to be LeBron fans, but the haters are always going to outweigh the the fans when it comes to LeBron James. He's always going to be polarizing, whether it be because of you're comparing him to Jordan or people just don't like him, whatever it may be. But man, Dylan Brooks has made LeBron out to be like a uh, – a sympathetic character or someone we're like pulling for here. Um, but, you know, look, it, it, it started last year with the squawking and the jaw off the field, off the court stuff didn't help. And now I think Dylan Brooks and just his inability to own anything that he said, you know, and I'm sure you've talked about this at nauseum and we were texting about it last night, but it's just, it's comical to, you know, say what he said, clearly not back it up on the court, and then refuse to talk about it, and then blame us for you know, lofting. I was like, dude, what what's happening here? So um, I think they win game five, by the way. We were texting last night. I do. I think they I think they win game five. I, I think there's going to be a – I mean, the, the odds are telling you that, right? Memphis yeah. is a four-point favorite. Um, so I think this is – out of the LeBron, I think, is not going to have a massive sense of urgency here. And I think you could get a, a poor performance from the Lakers and and probably a pretty good performance from Memphis. What do you make of the drastic point swings that we've seen? I, I know in Game 2, the number was obviously deflated a little bit because of John Morant's absence. But doesn't it feel like, you know, four and a half, five points, whoever's home team, like that feels like a pretty big swing because, you know, you'd be thinking, you know, you'd be thinking it's it'd probably be lesser one way, but it seems like they're basically saying here's four and a half points, whoever's the home team. Yeah, it is. It's, it seems a lot. It seems a little extra um, because usually it's, I guess, on a neutral floor, you'd say these teams are, uh, in the eyes of the odds makers, these teams are essentially a pick em. Uh, because a game closed at four and a half last night, and and as we mentioned, it's at four now. You know, this at some spots I think opened three. Yeah. So you might have seen a little movement uh, towards Memphis here, but I think it is the the situation. You know, sports books really weigh in situations, especially in the postseason, because they know how people like to bet with the zigzag theory and and all of that. The zigzag theory meaning every other. Um, but I think this coming back home, the sense of urgency might not be there necessarily all that much for the Lakers, uh, and it has to obviously be there for Memphis. So I think you, I'd, I'd, I'd love to go back and do kind of a case study of, of game fives and see what it is. I mean, here's an example. Um, same night, Milwaukee just lost to Miami. Yep. They're an 11-point favorite. 11 Point favorite. Now they look. They would have been a favorite regardless, but that's pretty excessive. But Milwaukee's desperate, backs against the wall. All the cliches you want to throw out there. So yeah, I, I'm not. I was so a little surprised to see it at four, but I knew Memphis would be the favorite, and I, I would still lay the four. I, I think this is a spot. And and it was a game five last year, game six last year with the whoop that trick and everyone and Draymond dancing when they were getting their butts kicked there with the Warriors. Is that game five or game six? That was game five. Okay. And that's so it's, it's pretty much the same thing, right? It's it's almost the exact similar. It was yeah. it was almost the exact same script. The final score of game one of the Lakers series ended up 
kind of getting out of hand. I, I compared it to it was a game where the Grizzlies basically pulled the goalie, and so like they were pressing so much on offense that they gave up a bunch of like cheap yeah. points at the end. But game one was close and a loss for the Grizzlies. They won game two. They got smoked in game three. That was the game that Dylan got suspended after the Gary Payton II uh, foul. Then game four was another kind of nail-biter that the Warriors pulled out, and then the Grizzlies won game five going away. And then yet again, they had a fourth-quarter lead in in game six and and couldn't hold on. And kind of – it's been a very similar script – and I think the thing that's really standing out in this series is they've gone up against two teams that, while maybe the while maybe the Lakers aren't super veteran heavy beyond LeBron 